0: This is week four, uh, and if you didn't catch that during the candle lighting, this is the week of love. Um, but the topic today is has to be in my top five of my favorite topics, which is the topic of grace and truth. Um, I, I, Jen, I didn't even realize that's what I was signed up for until I started preparing and got pretty excited about it. So I really wish I was feeling better so you could see how I probably don't look very excited at this very moment, but I am so pumped you just can't imagine it. Um, so we will talk a little bit about love, grace, and truth today. Um, before we get started, instead of having a normal prayer so we could love, and so I want to just open it up for a second. I want to have you guys keep it limited. Um, but just kind of give a shout-out of someone or something that you think could appreciate a little love over the next few days. So if you know somebody or a situation or something that could benefit from our love um, over the next few days, uh, you can just shout it out. Does that kind of make sense at all? Does that give you enough guidance? Garn family. Yeah, and you know me, so I have no idea what you just... Garn family. Garn family, absolutely. And everyone this year who has lost someone that yeah. yeah, this is a tough time of year for that, yep. What else? Somebody that could use some love over the next few days. Not Diet Coke today, Dr. Pepper. Ooh. Because I <laughs> you need a little the help. sugar. Mm-hmm. What else? Somebody that could use a little love. Yes? My son, Tony. She said, my son, Tony. My son, Tony. His okay. name's Anthony, but Tony. We call him Tony. Okay. All right, who else? Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> that. Yeah. All right. What else? Share a little love. The guy that I used to work with, his name is Nick. Excellent. And what else? anybody hurting that you know? Hold on. anybody? Yeah. To be honest, our family. Your family. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a hard, hard, uh, hard last few weeks, hasn't it? And just so you know, we think of you pretty much constantly. so. Okay. Yes? Hi, mom. Your mom, yeah. She had surgery this week, right? Is she okay? I'm okay. All right. Yeah. My sister, her family. Okay, sister, her family. All right. Tim? have someone repeat that for me. Those who have lost their job during this season. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of tough things. So today I want to (coughs) dig into this um, by reading through John 1, 1 through 18. Um, And hopefully I can pull this together. How much time do we have here? 1145. So I'm hoping to be able to pull this together. I'm not in the mood to talk very long just because I don't feel that good. So I'll try to go relatively quickly. and I just realized I, there's just, just nothing working right. In fact, even the software I'm using today is the wrong software. Like, like my head was just not, not on top of it. That's okay, but let me find my verse, John 1, 1 through 18. And what I would like you guys to do is when I get to a point, and I will stop when this happens, where the words grace and truth are together, I'd like you guys to say that for me, okay? Um, I wasn't able to highlight it, so we'll just have to uh, I'll just kind of stop and let you guys do it. But I want you guys to really grasp these two words joined together, and then we'll talk a little bit more about it. So in the beginning, there was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were made by him, and nothing was made without him. In him there was life, and that life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overpowered it. There was a man named John who was sent by God. He came to tell people the truth about the light so that through him all people could hear about the light and believe. John was not the light, but he came to tell people the truth about the light. The true light that gives light to all was coming to the world. The word was in the world And the world was made by him, but the world did not know him. He came to the world, that was his own, but his own people did not accept him. But to all who did accept him and believe in him, he gave the right to become children of God. They did not become his children in any human way, by any human parents or human desire. They were born of God. The word became a became a human and living. I'm sorry. The word became a human. The word became a human and lived among us. We saw his glory, the glory that belongs to the only Son of the Father, and he was full of grace and truth. John tells the truth about him, and cries out saying, "This is the one I told you about, the one who comes after me is greater than I am because he was living before me. Because he was full of Grace and truth. From him, we all received one gift after another. The law was given through Moses, but... Grace and truth. Came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but God, the only Son, is very close to the Father, and he is showing us what God is like. Okay. So a few years ago, I got really interested in this topic of grace and truth. Um... John one because it's two terms that seem to me to be almost contradictory to each other in terms of the way most people think I find people to be kind of polar in that Um, but let's talk about love for just a moment and then we'll dig in so on the love front um, for the most part this week we're talking about I, I, I think of it as two as a mix of two loves you've got the agape love which in this case is a term referring to love, the highest form of love, charity, and the love of God for man and of man for God. And then we got philia, which is this kind of brotherly love. And so to me, I feel like when we use the word love on this fourth week, it's kind of a blending of those two loves that we're talking about, okay? Um, But the question I've got here is, how do we measure God's love for us? So I'll ask you guys that how do we measure god's love for us you don't have to answer i just want you to chew on it for a second and i think it's interesting because when i hear that what will almost always just roll off the tongue is well he sent his son to die right that's what we kind of say and i think there's actually probably no better answer than that but it's a little bit of a um i, I hate to say this because it sounds a little bit disrespectful but it's almost a cliche because we say it so much It's like it just rolls off, and I don't think we can kind of grasp that. You know, that idea of trying to get to that point where I recognize what would that really mean for me to give up my son, Um, and how big of a deal would that be? The second question I've got, though, is how do we measure our love for God and our love for others? And that becomes a little more tricky. How do we really know? Are we really stacking up in terms of loving others, and are we matching up to what God would want us to do? So a question that helps me in this situation, and actually this question can work in a lot of different forms, is to ask yourself, who do you lean on in tough times? So let me just ask you that right now, think about it. You've just gotten some kind of pretty bad news, or some scenario has happened, or you need help really, really bad. And um, I'm not gonna have you answer that, I'm just gonna have you think that through. But the question is, who do you lean on in tough times? Got that first here's the way I work so for me the go-to is God and I would like to think that it's like a really healthy go-to but it's more like a freak out go-to it's like when things get bad it just happens like like I just go there boom it's like the very first thing that happens it's like oh my goodness God I didn't realize this was coming what can you do and it's surprising when things are difficult how fast I go to that it's like I don't have to think about it. just bam it just happens following that I go to family and friends and in fact i would argue that um i hope some of you can can chew on this i'll sometimes go to people that i didn't even realize i was going to go to and what that is that's an indication of that deep trust that sense of um, kind of a family connection even though i didn't know it was there and there's also people that i might be quite close to that you would think that should be the obvious person But I actually don't have that trust like I would like to. So I go to God, then I go to my family and friends. And then I want to start thinking about this a little bit backwards. When something goes wrong for someone else, do family and friends come to me? How often do I see that happen? This is starting to measure the difference between how much do I understand God's love for me and then do I understand how my love should be toward God and toward others. What's, what's this measuring stick? How do I know? It's like, I really like the idea that I can go to God. I really like the idea that there are certain family members and friends I can go to. But I don't ask myself very often, am I setting myself up? Am I living a life that makes me completely open and easy for them to come to? And am I selective? Am I available to have certain family and friends come to me and certain not? Uh, one of the challenges I have found in my own personal family growing up is that in my family my father was a person that would, there's an inner circle and there's an outer circle in our family. And the inner circle is not, um, is not my dad's strength for being able to lean on. He's very, very strong at the outer circle. So oftentimes people that don't know my, uh, my father very well actually are always amazed by how helpful he is. And he's a really awesome guy. Um, but it's more difficult for him on the inner circle. and, um, and over the years it's something I've realized I kind of learned that too and I have to be very, very careful and think very um, and, and really think about to make sure that I'm not out here trying to help maybe some of you guys that it's you know it, it sounds a little strange to say you're in my outer circle, but what I really mean by that is, is that you you people don't live in my house. That's what I'm really meaning by that. And I could easily want to help you guys because that makes me feel good. And then my son over here, maybe I'm not helping him out like I should because I've kind of been raised that way. It's something I have to really, really think about. And then the last one is this one. And how often do we uh, think about this in terms of our love for God? How often do we think God comes to us to help him when things are difficult? Do you guys ever think about that? I don't very often. How often? Am I that go to guy for God? Um, there's a book out there that's been real popular. I can't remember the lady's name. that wrote it about grit. But, you know, are you this person that gets it done? You know, are you that kind of go to person? Okay. Oop. So finally, do you, do I, do we focus on le- on leaning on? Do we focus on being the person that leans on someone? or do we focus on being leaned on? And the reason I bring this up is that some of you, you don't have to nod or raise your hand, some of you are gonna go to parties, family get-togethers tomorrow, and if you're being real honest, you're not excited about it right now, and you know you're not. Um, Maybe things just aren't that well. And what I have found for me, um, because I have some of those situations in my family, is that if I go to my family expecting that they're gonna be this kind of go-to family for me that I can lean on and I have this big list of things I want them to do I can get disappointed really really easy but if I kind of say that's awesome if that happens but if it doesn't that's okay if I do this right here I start playing this role that I know I can lean on God to do for me and I start playing this role for my family and for God all of a sudden it changes the whole perspective. You don't have all these expectations when you land at this family get together. You can walk in there and say, what can I do to help? How can I be there for you? I'm here to do nothing but make this day great. Jill's brother one time, it was just it was just a great icebreaker. There was some tension uh, in her family and all of a sudden her brother just kind of spouts off in the middle of the Christmas festivities, hey everybody, I'm just here to be jolly. And it just, I mean, I don't know how, you, you have to be there to really, get the whole point of it but it just it just cut right through it and it just made all the difference because he was being serious he wasn't there to do anything but just be there for everybody else it was really nice all right all right Jen do you know dr. Thomas Slater by the way I know. okay so dr. Thomas Slater he's so we uh, we use a lectionary here and so that's what uh, that that Website list of documents and podcasts and all this information is there for me to use to, to set up my teaching each week. And Dr. Thomas Slater is one of the people that contributes to this. Now let me read this to you and then I want to step back because I, I want to take a slightly different view of this than maybe uh, you might think of. He writes this. He says, the church needs more Christians who are not aloof but loving Christians who care for others simply because they need help. The church needs Christians who put their faith before their country and do not practice the idolatry and nationalism in any form. The church needs members who are more concerned with protecting the faith than protecting the tradition. The church needs more Christians who seek to become a blessing for others instead of always looking for a blessing. Now you guys are sitting here reading this and you are probably, what you should be thinking is, I'm going to teach something out of this, but I want to turn that upside down. I want you to think about Thomas Slater here, okay? Did anybody in here catch something that either made you kind of want to go, yeah, or make you kind of go, I'm not sure I'm on the page with this guy? Anybody get that anywhere? No? Yeah? Surely you did. Was there anything in there that kind of made you want to be like preacher brother or you're sounding a little bit something funny there with maybe the government and I don't know what I'm not sure I'm on your page. Okay, Jen's not You know where I'm at. Huh? You know where I'm at. Come on. (laughs) So as I read this, I'm going to tell you what happened. I tried to change gears. Instead of trying to read it to learn from it, I tried to say, what if I'm there for Dr. Thomas Slater? Because I sense a little tension here. It sounds like tension. It doesn't sound like just nice teaching. It sounds like when I hear him say, um, the church needs Christians who put their faith before their country and do not, and do not practice their idolatry and nationalism in any form. When I read that, he's got a gripe with something. Right? Okay? And you know what? You might not have that same gripe. So if you try to entertain Dr. Thomas Slater because he's your brother and you're going to go to Christmas dinner tomorrow and you guys are going to attack this thing because you want him to believe the way you believe and I don't know him, but maybe he wants you to believe the way he believes and it's going to be boom, 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 boom. But instead I kind of stepped back and I said, there's some pain there. I said, let me look up Thomas Slater. I said, who just do this, okay? There's Thomas Slater. It's the first thing you guys notice when you see this guy. I wish it wasn't this way, but I know what i must. He's not. He doesn't look like Quinn, right? Got a different skin color. And all of a sudden, the wheels started turning and everything changed. I started th- wondering about this guy. I started thinking about the last year and him having to deal with things that I don't understand. But over the last year, I've tried to learn more. And uh, things like a Black Lives Matter movement Instead of me, because when I first heard about that movement, one of the first things I said was, well, I think all lives matter. You know, it was like a very natural thing for me to say. But what I missed was that there were people in that movement that were really saying, what helped me was to say, I think what they're saying that would work better for me is black lives matter too. We feel like our lives aren't mattering. And it's as you start walking through this and you start trying to understand How could I be there for him? It's not about me winning. It's not about me debating whether or not I agree or disagree with what he's written here. I actually find it really interesting. I think he's a a man of God. Um, I think he's really trying hard to do beautiful things for God. And if I can get off of my challenge of trying to get what I want out of the situation and focus on how can I be there for him and how can I walk along with him, it can make things a lot easier. And then I don't have to have this fight. I can be okay if we don't agree. And if we do agree, more power to it. But I have found, I don't know if you guys are like me or not, but there's almost nobody I agree with very much. (laughs) It's kind of funny that way, but it's sort of true. All right. All right, so let's get on to grace. So grace, the definition that I got out of our Wesleyan theological heritage was the love and mercy given to us by God because God desires us to have it. Not necessarily because of anything we have done to earn it. We don't get it because we've earned it. We get it because God wants us to have it. He wants to give us that grace. And if I start thinking about going to Christmas Day tomorrow and possibly running into someone in my family that I'm not interested in, if I can turn that on its head and start saying, I'm going to give them grace. I'm going to cut them all kinds of slack because I want them to have that slack. I want them to be able to feel comfortable around me i don't have to win tomorrow maybe there's another day for that discussion but i don't have to win tomorrow tomorrow we can make it all about jesus and even if we're saying things about jesus that we don't agree with the holy i can pray quietly to myself and ask for god to bless the situation and move forward if we get into truth because keep in mind what was jesus good at he was good at grace and truth and i think if you guys are honest you'd find you tend to be one or the other. Okay, we'll get into that in just a minute. On truth, truth is is what I love. That's that's my baby. Grace, not so big on grace, but I love truth. Do you agree? With I, I'm with you on the truth thing. So that's okay, what all right. All I'm saying there. So truth is about absolutes. Truth is about adhering to a standard. And guess what? sometimes we disagree on the standard sometimes we read exactly the same words and we can't agree on what they mean we both come out of it with a standard and yet it's a different standard and we have to figure out what to do with that truth is about correctness truth for me is about my way or the highway and when i'm at work i have to be very careful because i'm pretty sure at work i know what i'm doing and I'm pretty sure there are some people there that don't know what they're doing. Do you agree, Kent? <laughs> well, am I the guy that doesn't know what to do? <laughs> uh, luckily, luckily, we don't work together, Kent, so I don't have to make that plan, so. <laughs> What the you on the highway, though? Huh? Yes. You belong on the highway. And you want them to be working correctly, so. uh, Oh, I can come up with every, re- I mean, I can make massive long lists, and I, I do it regularly, why it should be my way or the highway, because I'm so confident. I'm not too confident. All right. If truth is adhered to, it can negate the need for grace. And you're like, well, what do you mean? So, something I want to make very clear is that if we could all agree on what truth was, and we could all, and, and the way it's formed, and the way it comes together. It would completely negate the the need for grace, and that's how I'm wired. And so I'm like, this is easy. I'm right. You need to agree with me, and then I don't need that silly grace. So no value to that. That's just not the way it works, is it? So I want to wrap things up here, asking you this question: Are you truth, or are you grace? Where do you fall in that? <clears throat> I'm actually gonna do a hand raise here so what i mean by this are you a person that you find yourself wanting to be right all the time and not all that interested in tolerating people who aren't like you thank you jen or are you that person that it doesn't matter you just are like just come all i can i can put up with anything (laughs) And and I was going to, if I had to pick for you two, that's exactly what I would have said. And, And you actually see this out of people. So, how many of you guys are truth people? I'm a truth person. How many of you guys are grace people? Oh, man. I love grace people. We need more grace people. What's wrong? What happens if all you are is grace? What happens? Does it work? Is it an ideal situation no you see situations where um, people just kind of allow and allow and they let themselves be walked over in some situations um, maybe you're very graceful in in some situation like my father so he'd be very graceful to someone in his outer circle but that ends up causing a mess of a truth in the inner circle that he really needs to be paying attention to and don't get me wrong, my dad's completely awesome, so I don't mean this in disrespect to him. But it's a difficult thing for him. You guys know what I'm talking about? You can have this grace, and you can miss the truth. Or you can be all truth, and you don't give that person a chance to get any grace from you. It's this huge struggle that goes on all the time. And truth builds walls, if you let it, Truth builds walls. If you let it like yeah. it's, you're, you're in your little place oh, yeah. all by yourself i mean it, it builds walls that i like sometimes <laughs> you know I, I, unfortunately you know it's like like i said the my way or a highway i can be in a work situation where i'm not actually thinking through like what actually happened to this person what's going on in their life why are they having a, a struggle in this area why are we not seeing things eye to eye i'm just like this is how we should do it either belly up to the bar and let's go forward with this or you go find a new job. That's just kind of how my head works. I mean, I'm just like, sometimes I just get so focused on truth that I can't let it go and I can't do any grace. But I have coworkers who, um, I've got one right now, who just lets things go on and on. And that's okay, and that's okay, and that's okay. And it's actually hurting the situation because oftentimes when you're overly graceful, it's not the person you're being graceful that you're hurting, it's the other people around because some truth needs to be spoken. Does that kind of make sense? hope so, I hope so. All right, with that said, let's have some communion. So I'm just gonna leave that on the board. I want you to really think that through while we have communion here, while I want to pray about it. I'm not gonna break the bread since I'm not feeling very good. I'll let whoever gets up there first do that for me. Um, but I want you, as you look at this and you think about this in tomorrow, watch this carefully as you get together with family members. And decide, if you know you're biased one way or the other, just kind of think about that in the back of your mind. And when something comes up that you can feel, you're getting ready to launch into your way of thinking and not being willing to see it the other way around. Maybe tomorrow would be a good day to step back and try saying, maybe I could balance this out a little bit. Let's pray. God, we appreciate a beautiful day. We appreciate a day where we can focus on love. More than anything, we appreciate that we're in a country that still sets aside special holidays to celebrate Christ. We ask that as we struggle with how we love, that we can really grasp that Jesus could be both graceful and truthful simultaneously. He could do both those things and be the best at it. And we ask that you'll help us to learn from his ways. God, we ask that you'll help us over the next days, weeks, um, as we go through this holiday season that when we hit challenging times that we can uh, can look to Jesus' guidance, we can try to be more like Him, and we can use this as a time to build bonds and to get close and not as a time to tear things apart. We thank you for this bread that we're about to take reminding us that Christ died for us. And as I said earlier, it seems a little bit cliche because we say it so much. But if we kind of pause and just really try to grasp this concept of your own child dying, uh, it, it's, there's just nothing bigger. And we, we're so thankful for that. And we ask that you help us as we take the, uh, as we dip the bread in the juice. And we'll never forget that sacrifice that he did and as his blood poured out. It's through Christ we pray. Amen.